Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning for Every Day is Earth Day. Today we are talking about what's in store for southern Minnesota's climate and weather in the decades ahead with Dr. Susie Clark, a climate resilience extension educator with the University of Minnesota's Climate Adaptation Partnership. Good morning, Dr. Clark. Good morning. Well, you are with this program. It's called the Minnesota Climate Adaptation Partnership at the University of Minnesota. What exactly is that? Is it new? Has it been around for a while? Or what's the status? Yes. So MCAP, as we like to shorten it because the name is a bit of a mouthful, (laughs) has actually been around for about 15 years. Okay. It was originally started in 2008 as primarily by volunteers, people who had professional capacities in climate adaptation, but volunteered their time to this organization. And Previously, its main focus was on an annual conference and an annual award to recognize people working in climate adaptation in Minnesota. But in 2020, our current director, Dr. Heidi Rook, came to the University of Minnesota, and she has turned the organization into its current version, which is a center housed at the university for climate adaptation. And we conduct climate research We conduct adaptation research, but more importantly, we seek to make this information usable for Minnesotans. We don't want climate research to just live at the university. We want it to be readily available to anyone looking to make decisions based on climate projections in their work. Anyone looking to adapt to climate change should be able to access the information they need, and that's what we do. You mentioned Dr. Heidi Roop. She has been on the show a couple times talking about the things she has worked on, and now you work with her. What is your role in the organization? So my current role is as an extension educator. I was previously a postdoctoral associate doing more kind of research-oriented work, and now I work on education programming for climate adaptation. We have two arms to the organization, one that's the more research-oriented arm that does the climate research and projections and all of that, and then we have the education-oriented arm that sits within the university's extension college. And as an extension educator, I create programming, I translate science into non-scientific jargon, and I help train people in how to use it. Well, great. I hope you can help us clarify some things in talking about this. I know you will be presenting on Friday here with the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council on their online forum. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but we'll just talk about some basics Mm -hmm. now, such as what does your research or the research being done show in terms of the changes to Minnesota's climate at the end of the century? I know in one of the presentations I read, it goes out to 2100. What does it look like and how do you even project something like this? Yeah, so... How we project something like that could be a 45-minute to an hour presentation or an entire college course in itself, but I'll try to give you the (laughs) The soundbite version. Yeah. So we use climate models, which there are climate modelers all over the world who have essentially built these models that reproduce how the Earth as an entire system works. So the ocean, the atmosphere, living animals and plants, 
and the ice and the water cycle, all of that together. And they change the amount of energy going into the system. And that kind of represents the increase in greenhouse gases and therefore the amount of radiation going into the system. Um, Radiation we commonly feel as humans as heat. And so in their models, they change that so that they can see how the system responds. And they do it either by increasing it a lot, so it's as if we're putting tons and tons of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, or by increasing it kind of a middle amount, or in some cases, very optimistic cases, by decreasing it over time and seeing how the Earth responds to those changes. So those are how we get those projections are by these incredibly powerful supercomputers that simulate the Earth over and over and over and over for many, many, many years in a row. The one thing that I always try to stress to people, and I I said this a little bit as as a tangent, but that people often don't trust climate projections because they don't trust climate models. But actually, the number one source of we don't know what's going to happen is what society is going to do. And that's both a good and a bad thing. It's it means that it makes it difficult to project very, very far into the future because we can't decide how much greenhouse gas society will emit. But it also means that the power is still in our hands to make that choice. So that's kind of one of my main take home messages is that that is our main source of uncertainty is what a society will do. And that means that we still have the choice today. So some of the research that, that you guys talk about is projecting out to the year 2100, which is essentially the next century. So yes. how does that look? What are, we, what are we talking? I mean, we can look at the short term, what we've seen in our lifetime. And in my case, it's six decades, but we're talking a whole nother century. So what does that look like? Yeah. So by the, by the end of the century, it kind of depends on which climate scenario you're looking at. And by that, I just mean whether society continues to pump greenhouse gases into the atmosphere or whether we find a way to curb those emissions. So the projections we're looking at really depend on that, but we do project increased warming even if we were to suddenly cut our greenhouse gases tomorrow and stop emitting CO2 and methane, etc. We would still see warming because the system needs to take time to reach a new equilibrium or a new steady state from the changes that we've put into it. But by 2100, The high emission scenarios say that Minnesota, on average, could be 12 degrees Fahrenheit warmer, averaged across the entire year. That's under a high emission scenario. Mm -hmm. Under a lower emission scenario, those numbers are a bit more tempered. We're looking more in the range of 6 to 7 degrees Fahrenheit. But this is the annual average across the entire state. And there's, of course, some variations in space and time. Now, that's Minnesota. How do we compare with others? That's a great question. You know, in general trends, that the higher latitudes are warming faster than the lower latitudes. You know, you would see at the Arctic, you would see more warming than you would expect to see down maybe in, I'll pick a state, Missouri. Mm -hmm. So you also would expect to see probably more warming in Minnesota than in the southern states. But there's a major caveat, which is that those are just temperatures and how humans experience Warming is slightly different because we also depend on humidity. And so while the southern latitudes might not be warming as fast, they might 
feel hotter because they're more humid. And when we make these projections, we always make them on a global scale. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.